Hello everybody, it's time again for the LJ and Redders AFL podcast. Without any further ado, the Chief Commentator of the AFL Hunter Central Coast, Lucas James Holmes, is with us as always. Hello, Louis. Hi, David. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, great to be with you as always, and some great games of football on the weekend from a local level, and some equally good games at AFL level as well. I can't wait to go through them and some other issues as well with you, David. Yeah, there's certainly some issues in, in Metropolitan City at the moment. We'll have a look at that a bit later. Round nine of the AFL Hunter Central Coast was played last Saturday. Um, some A couple of results here that aren't a surprise. One that's a particularly good per, uh, performance from Gosford. So Nelson Bay had the week off. Newcastle City 2, 22-20 defeated Maitland 3-3 at Max McMahon Oval. Kalani Val ground out a 10-7-67 to 6-11-47 win over Cardiff at Pasterfield. In Lucas's and Alex's broadcast game, Terrigalvaka 16-14-1-1-10, Singleton 5 behinds. And in a very important uh, win for Gosford as they go forward trying to get into the 5, Gosford 10-14-74 defeated Warners Bay 5-11-41 at Adcock Park. Lucas, first of all, your broadcast game sounds like a pretty clinical um, Category 1 performance from Terry Galavoka again. It was, David, but the uh, weather conditions weren't that favourable for free-flying football up at Rosemont Park on Saturday. A little bit of rain, a little bit of drizzle on and off, but quite windy too. So it was quite a clinical performance, as you said there, by Terrigal. They sent Harrison Bond to try and quell the influence of, of Andrew Scott, which worked quite well. Um, from a Singleton point of view, they uh, moved Sam Bradington in the ruck to try and quell Mitchell Price's influence at ground level rather than around the grant rather than in the tab ruck. So that, that happened quite well as well, rather than other than a, a issue there with Bradington was sent off with a yellow card, so he missed 15 minutes, but all in all was quite a clinical performance there from Terrible Evoca, not allowing a major from Singleton. Uh, pretty much a normal result for Newcastle City uh, over Maitland by 130. Grinding performance by Kalanabar. They will be happy. They um they always like coming out of Parcelfield with any kind of win. It's a tough place to play and a good 20-point win. But, Lucas, I suppose the focus, and we'll talk about I'll bring the ladder up in a second, um, the focus is on the result at Adcock Park, which I'm advised quite uh, quite efficient, quite... Um, uh, I'm advised by someone who was actually there that was finished. It was very, very dim at Edcock Park. The lights there are akin to candlesticks. Gosford 10-14 over Warners Bay 5-11. That is a massive win for Gosford and actually catapults them into the five. It is, David. Uh, Alex and I called the Gosford-Cardiff game, I think it was round two, there early in the year. In yep. What sounds like similar conditions, sort of wet, windy conditions, and they... Ground out. I think it was a one-point win in the end against the Cardiff side, but no, it must have been a very good performance from Gosford. Obviously, Warners Bay prior to this sitting in third spot, so they've been going around about their business. Had them sort of two, twice in the last month or so. So, had seen Warners Bay. They had a few uh, ins as well. Uh, Joseph Atkinson had returned from a back issue as well, so they had their captain back. But Gosford. Um, One of the things that people, if you haven't been to Adcock Park, it sits with hills, the big hills that lead up to the freeway behind it. So the sun actually goes down early than the actual sunset. It goes down quite early. So I can imagine that game finished. It was quite dim. Lucas, onto the ladder. And that result has changed. The Kalani Valley Waters Bay results and the Gosser result have changed the makeup of the five. So outside the five, in ninth, Nelson Bay, eighth, Cardiff. And the next three sides are all on three and five. Maitland, Singleton and Gosford. 
Gosford's in the five by healthy percentage gap of 27% over Singleton. Warners Bay now dropping to fourth on uh, um, five and three. Kalani are also five and three, but they've got 44% uh, lead on Warners Bay and Kalani the broadcast game this weekend against Nelson Bay. And they'll be looking to raise their percentage significantly, I would think. Uh, Newcastle City in second and Terry Glavoka first. So, Lucas, if the AFLHCC first weekend of finals were being played this week, Terry Glavoka would be having a training run at Hilton Moor. Then City and Kalani Vale will do battle and Warners Bay and Gosford. It's an interesting setup and Gosford, Singleton and Maitland have just got to grind out wins. And one of the things that the Singleton's performance has cost them is an enormous percentage hit on the weekend as well. And yeah, Maitland. And yeah, and we did that. Uh, you and I both called that um, Maitland-Singleton game. Yes. Um, early in the year when uh, Benjamin Crowley kicked was it eight goals in the end, yep. I think. So... There was another big uh, percentage hit there from Singleton that day, but you've got to remember, too, no Scott, no Bradenton, no Mitchell on that day either. But, yeah, two big losses for Singleton will hurt them in terms of percentage, but they're still there and thereabouts, which is obviously what you'd like to see. Oh, absolutely it is. Now, over to the uh, AFL Black Diamond Cup women's. I'll just bring this up on my screen as well, if I can. Um, it, it From my perspective, the, the women's competition, again, it may be actually be down to two sides, but we'll have a good look at it. Wyong Lake, 6-6-42 over Terrigal of Oka, 1-5-11. Newcastle City kept Maitland scoreless 12-16-0. Late Macquarie Grand had a tough win, 4-12-36 to 3-3-21 over Warners Bay in probably the match of the round. And then Cardiff once again defeated Kalanivar, 7-12-54 to 1-2-8. It leaves the ladder looking a bit like this. And I... Um, it's Cardiff who are on top by one win over Newcastle City and and their both percentages are ridiculous. So it's Cardiff City, Terrigalavoca and Wyong Lakes. And then Lake Mac, Kalani Vale, and we're not expect, used to seeing them down there, Maitland and Warners Bay. Um, the way I see the season going is that I can't see anything other than a raft of ACLs stopping a Cardiff-Newcastle City grand final. Your thoughts, great man? Yeah, um, Cardiff obviously... Uh, been very impressive so far this year. Uh, had a qu- quite a few representatives in that women's side that that beat South Coast a few weeks ago. Now down at North Dalton in Wollongong and City as usual, just going along their way, just quite quiet um, and going very well. But as you said there, just quickly, um, interesting to see Kalani Vale down that low. Only had them to once so far this year, and they ran out quite a um, big win over a young and inexperienced Warners Bay side. So it'll be interesting to see how they go against Lake Macquarie this weekend, David, who, who, who will be now without Carla Hill, who's actually moved into AFL Central West, playing a trade with the Bathurst Giants. So oh, really? No, no Carla Hill for Lake Macquarie, so she's gone to the Central West. Um, so that'll be a uh, uh, cover that, that Lake Macquarie will have to make. Um, wow. their best and fairest from last season, but uh, will be an interesting game on the weekend, that's for sure. So you expect Sheldon Jennison to have to lift quite a heavy load there, but will be a good game nonetheless. Oh, that's a huge broadcast game, isn't it? Now, 5v6 and and with Lake Macquarie sitting one, um, not only percentage, a lot of percentage beyond Wyong Lakes. It's a pivotal game. So we'll have it. We'll go to the fixture actually in the Black Diamond Cup women's, Lucas. Um, noting as Lucas and um, Lucas and Alex have got broadcast duties at Adelaide Street Oval and Kalani Vale. It's Kalani Vale and Lake Mac at midday. That's the broadcast game. Cardiff and City have got the bye this weekend. Wyong Lakes have got Maitland. So that is, it becomes a crucial game, particularly for Lake Mac because Wyong Lakes will belt Maitland, and Terrigal of Oka's got Warners Bay. 
So, look, very interesting that, that three games on, but that Kalanival Lake Macquarie really is an eight-point game, isn't it? For Kalanival absolutely have to win to be a chance at the four, I would think. They will, David, and as you spoke about before, but it's interesting to see them this low. From what I've seen this year, they haven't had... Uh, they've had a few players out each week, but no major losses. So it'll be a game like this against a fellow sort of lower end, lower end of the finals contender that they'll really want to stand their authority, and Michael Smith will be wanting that this weekend. And with the buy from Cardiff and City at Perth, the, after this week, this weekend's round of fixtures, everyone will have played the same amount of games, which is great. So back back to parity with the with the fixture there. Now onto the um, if I can bring that up as well, over you come the Black Diamond Cup men's competition, and we'll talk about the the broadcast fixture as the last one this time. It's the Hunter Valley Derby, a massive game at Rose Point Park. It really is huge for both clubs. Terry Govoka's got Warners Bay, so Warners Bay having to come uh, twice in in seven days to the southern to, to the Gosford area for football, and City have Gosford. So really, you can see that Warners Bay and Gosford might both be in the same spot, but Singleton could actually um, leap in. Both Singleton and Maitland can leap into the four this week, and then Lucas's broadcast game is Killarney Vale and Nelson Bay at Adelaide Street. So Lucas, um, perhaps. City and Gosford first. Um, uh, over to you, sir. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. We saw Gosford a few, a few uh, probably three or four rounds, or maybe more, might have just been before the uh, representative break. They gave Terrible uh, Avoca a real run, only lost by about four or five goals in the end. So it will be interesting, interesting to see how they fare against Newcastle City. Obviously, Cam Keith, Matt Bailey back for the last few weeks. So City uh, adding some more veterans and some very good players to their already talented list. I think Mitch Crawford kicked 10 goals last week so in that big win, so that another string to their already potent forward line there. Um, so Gossett will do well to keep track with City, but as we've seen, as I spoke about earlier on there, they, they gave Terrible Evoker a good run in the last month or so, so you'd expect them to, get, to come out very confident as they must have done last week against Warners Bay in a big uh, eight-point game there. It's interesting. When you look at, go back to that fixture... That the, some of those names begin to become very familiar to to our listeners, Lucas. You and I have been calling them for the entirety of our time on on air. You've got you know some of your best players: Dwyer, Crawford, Blanchfield, O'Malley, O'Donoghue, and and um and Keist. And just it's starting to look like a side that can really compete, doesn't it? At the back end of the season, but Mitchell Crawford's such a p- massive pickup for them. He really is, um, and he's dynamite, especially if he's left left in the open. So that that that's you're absolutely right there. Warners Bay's got the hardest job in football. Terry Lavoca and Hilton Moore. Good luck. It will be David. It'll be interesting to see in that ruck battle though. Mitch Price has been slightly under the weather for the majority of the season, just carrying a few niggles. So may not be his normal his normal self, but Price at seventy five percent is better than the majority of ruckmen that we have in this region. So interesting to see what they do there. We've seen Lachlan Deverell do a tagging role. In the last few weeks, we saw him go to Andrew Scott in that broadcast game we had at Fane a few weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with someone like a Bishop or a Grimmond or someone like that. Um, oh, I, I would think uh, I would think that with Lachlan Deverell, um, he's got a very large skill set, but I would think that they would try and get Grimmond onto a wing. And the, and the one thing I would think Jack's got over Lachlan is a touch of foot speed. Yep. And 
a bishop that's a totally different story. Um, Lachlan Devil's a very good footballer. He's become a very, very good footballer. And it'll be really interesting to see who he actually does tag. Nathan Harkness does does like to have a tagger um, who to do a job. But you just, you're right. It'd be fascinating to see who he goes to. Um, From a terrible evoker perspective, David, they, I spoke about it earlier on. They actually used Harrison Bond as that tagger last yes. week. Obviously, normally plays his trade at centre half back, but. If we were to tag someone from Warner's Bay, it'd be interesting if they were to go with, they, they'd normally go with someone like a Calvin, sorry, with a Corbin Bond, excuse me. But last week, as I spoke about, they went with, with they went with Harrison Bond. So it'd be interesting, interesting to see if they were to tag someone from Warner's Bay, who'd they go with? Oh, absolutely it would be. Oh, yeah, look, 100%. we really interested to see how they go about it. Hunter Valley Derby, another one. And this one's got massive uh, permutations for the finals. Singleton and Maitland at Rose Point Park. Singleton, both sides were very ordinary last week, and they do like playing each other. Um, Singleton got humbled in our broadcast game early in the season. They'll be looking for revenge, Lucas. They will be indeed, David. It'll be interesting to see how they go um, against the Maitland side, who were very impressive last time they played. As I spoke about earlier on, no Scott, no Bradington, uh, no Alex Mitchell in that game either. So you'd expect a couple of those that, those, that trio to play. Interesting to see how they bounce back after that heavy defeat against Terrigal last week. Although Jed Ellis Clark was slightly happy with their performance. Obviously, Terrigal are the best side in our league for a reason. But then again, you'd expect Singleton to want to bounce back up against a big rival, their neighbour in Maitland. And Nelson Bay's got a Herculean task in front of them. Kalani Vale at Adelaide Street. Nelson Bay struggling a touch this year. Um, it's a little bit difficult to see anything other than a comprehensive Kalani Val win, and I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm just I'm trying to be objective. It, it, it is, David, and what, what's scary last time too, the last time we had Kalani Val against Warners Bay down there at Adelaide Street three or four weeks ago, no Damien Hector, no Scott Wright, no Chris Gordon either, so they've got a, two or three players to add back into that quite, quite tight and experienced side with some youth going through there too, Jai Bobby. Playing in the ruck, Luke Flack was one of the best players on the ground for Hunter Central Coast in that rep round against South Coast as well. So some youth to go with that experience too. So it'd be interesting to see how Nelson Bay go. Obviously have a representative player of their own in young Ethan Lambert. Um, Nick Ellis Brody, the skipper, is very important to them as well. And Matt Blythe at fullback will, will have a task on his hands to take the best Kalani Vale forward. So it's going to be an interesting one, but nonetheless... You, know, you never know in our league, which is a good thing. So it's going to be interesting uh, down there. And with the weather, the way it's looking, David, it'll be great to be inside undercover on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Although I think the forecast is okay for Saturday. But yes, it was the, the lovely media box there on the half-forward flank at Kalani. Oh, there are worse spots to be on a Saturday afternoon. Lucas, on to the AFL. And uh, obviously, huge huge things happening here. Um, I got a, 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 a venue switch the two Sydney sides now in Melbourne for the foreseeable future due to the COVID outbreak in Sydney and one or two monster games this weekend. Straight into it, well, um, full round of games. Thursday night, oh, help me please. This is tonight, Brisbane and Geelong at the Gabba. Oh, wow, what what a fixture this is. Um, Brisbane's slight favourites on sports, but your thoughts, Louis? Yeah, possibly just because they're at home, but... I think for me, and I, I would tend, you'd probably agree with me, I think Geelong are the form side in the competition at the moment. Obviously, Gary Rowan kicking that um, match-winning goal after the siren last week, much like a 
uh, round 14 and 2017. So Rowan's got a little bit of a habit there. I tend to lean the Geelong side just purely on form. Although they, they will be missing Mitch Duncan for the next for the majority of the regular season. David had, had a knee injury in that in that win last week, so no Mitch Duncan for the Geelong. But nonetheless, I still be backing him in against the Brisbane side who have been quite impressive the last few weeks as well. Yeah, I think that Duncan hurts their structures a bit. Uh, Geelong are playing very convincing football at the moment. It's as simple as that. I watched a lot of that game on um, down at Cadinia Park, and it was a great game. It was a terrific advertisement for our code, actually. And uh, after the siren win, and it's good to see coaches like Chris Scott being as emotionally invested. The, those that footage certainly doesn't do the, the Geelong Football Club or Chris Scott any harm. Seeing showing them so excited with what was a brilliant kick after the siren. It, that was not an easy kick of Rowan's, and he put a little bit of right to left English on it and finished the job. Next game on Friday night. It's a big game for Richmond, but I think that I think they're going to be strong favourites. Richmond and St Kilda at the MCG. This game being played in front of a maximum twenty five thousand fans at the MCG, Lucas. Yes, and we saw earlier in the season uh, Richmond had a heavy a heavy defeat on St Kilda, so you sort of expect that way to the game to go that way again. Um, Richmond obviously just working their way in because they started obviously still in the back, back end of the eight, but just a little bit slow. Um, from where they want to be. I think St Kilda is struggling a little bit as well, just with some form and some injuries. Um, Mason Wood, the, the ex-North Melbourne player, has been good the last few weeks, um, especially in that tight loss against Adelaide a fortnight ago um, in Sir Doug Nichols' round. But you'd expect Richmond to, to come away with this one with a big win. Absolutely. On Saturday, first of all, an unusual game, a home game for Collingwood at Docklands. Collingwood have got from Anne, like Docklands in the early game, one forty-five. Fremantle have been absolute nuffies away from home this year. Collingwood's last performance was an outstanding win in Nathan Buckley's last game. So we uh, begin the Robert Harvey era as the interim coach at the Collingwood Football Club. Lucas, I'm sure you've got a lot of thoughts about this one. Indeed, and they, they moved this game forward uh, three hours as well, David. So it was meant to be a 4.45 uh, bounce. So they moved this game forward three hours. Um, some big outs, we spoke about that. Uh, season-ending injury to PCL for Darcy Moore last week, so he'll be out. Um, Matt Tavener and Nat Fife under some injury clouds for uh, Fremantle. So it'll be interesting to see what what um, type of sides these two announce when the sides come out at 6.25 to 9. Um, I'm just a bit cautious from a calling point of view. No more, no how at centre-half back. Who are you going to play there? Do you bring Tom Wilson in? Do you move Madden to a centre-half back role, which we've seen... We saw him in his first game get dominated by Lance Franklin when he kicked 10 on him a few years ago now. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Do they? Do you bring someone like Imagine to centre-half back and then bring a Tom Tom Wilson to, bring, uh, to work in that utility role? I don't know. Um, that's where I'm sort of cautious about for Fremantle. If they do get a five or a tap in the back, that will be very influential for them. Josh Treacy's been quite impressive for them the last few weeks as well. So... I'm slightly leaning Collingwood, David, but if, if Fremantle get one of Tabernard or Fife back, I, I, they'd almost be very hard to tip against, in my opinion. And I'm assuming that game's been brought forward so that Fremantle can fly out that night. That would make seem to make the most sense to me to get back to Perth. Yeah. Okay. And also at 1.45 uh, is North Melbourne hosting the Suns, another game at Bellreve Oval in, in, in Hobart for North Melbourne. And their favourites this time, they've been okay in the last couple of weeks, and I'm actually going to pick them. I think the Gold Coast are on a downward spiral. 
you could say that, David. It'd be interesting. Um, North Melbourne obviously has some quite experienced players in their lineup. I think Todd Goldstein's vastly underrated, especially the form he's in this year. He's definitely in the top two or three ruckmen, I think, in our league at the moment. Um, ben Cunnington, likewise, has been so good for so long. Whereas you look on that goal, on the Gold Coast end, obviously Zach Smith having to fill in long-term for the skipper, Jared Witt, obviously out with that ACL, excuse me, and having to rely on those youngsters there, Matt Rowe, um, Ben Kings, one of the better key forwards in our in our league. Um, obviously flying under the radar when it comes to Max, uh, Max St Kilda. I think he's getting, been getting the majority of the praise where Ben's almost been outperforming him, in my opinion. Then two, Isaac Rankin and Jack Lacocious. So... Uh, another home game in Tasmania for North Melbourne. Likewise with you, David, I'll back them in, but it could be quite a good game nonetheless. Absolutely. Now, I've been reading the press this morning. Um, are the, the Swans are due to play Port at the Adelaide Oval at, 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 just after half past four. Now, are we still waiting for clearance to the Swans to fly in and out of their Melbourne bubbles, Lucas, or has that been confirmed to the best of your knowledge? Well... The last I heard was that um, both Sydney and the Giants were flying out. I think it was Tuesday evening at that stage. So I, have, I actually haven't read anything or seen anything uh, since then. Obviously, with the how serious it is, that would come up straight away. So I haven't quite seen it as yet. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I'm sure the AFL are working through that as we speak. Yes, I agree. Um, let's just hope the game goes ahead. Assuming the game goes ahead, Port Adelaide will be firm favourites. Sydney were poor. Um, out-hustled by Hawthorne, who just wanted the football more than them. They'll be ready to rock and roll, I would think, but having to play Port at Adelaide Oval is a very different kettle of fish. I, I, I can only see a Port Adelaide win. Yeah, and they, they were quite impressive in the weeks past, Port Adelaide bouncing back from a defeat a few, week, a few weeks ago now. But yeah, Port Adelaide at home, as you said, are a different animal. Um, getting a few players back in the last few weeks as well. Scott Lysett returned from suspension last week um, after he was suspended for that tackle in the, in the showdown a few weeks ago now. So yep. Lysett returning, another game under his belt. Uh, I think Port Adelaide should be too strong against quite a quite a game. Sydney side obviously outperforming where everyone thought they'd be this year, but nonetheless, I think Port Adelaide at home, too strong for a Sydney side. Essendon and Melbourne play on Saturday night at the MCG. Um, Essendon going on okay in recent weeks, but I don't think they can beat Melbourne at full strength. And um, I favour Melbourne. I do don't think this will be a blowout. I think Essendon will give a pretty decent performance here. But in the in the end, I think Melbourne will come over the top of them. They've got a couple of the best players in the league at the moment in Petrarca and Oliver, um, and and also Big Max. And I'm not sure if, if Essendon can handle them. Yeah. Maybe. Essendon also got a few uh, injuries and other concerns. David Aaron Francis taking some time out of the game at the moment just to handle some personal things. Um, Andrew McGrath didn't travel to Tasmania last week. He's out for seven to 11 weeks with a knee injury as well. Um, they did regain, regain Sam Draper, uh, their young ruckman back last week as well after he overcame some lower leg concerns over the last month or two. So Draper back, but some big outs furthering Essendon's injury crisis and Melbourne will be wanting to bounce back after a disappointing loss to Collingwood a fortnight ago. So I think Melbourne will be too strong for an Essendon side, David. Agreed. So the Giants have flown to Melbourne to be in a Melbourne bubble. Bubble. They got out of Sydney very, very quickly, frantically actually, on Tuesday. So this is a home game for the Giants, but it's being played at the MCG against Hawthorne. And it's conceivable that the Giants and the Swans won't be back in New South Wales for a while. 
The Giants have been okay. Um, I know there's been a huge amount of press in Melbourne. I watched a lot of On the Couch earlier in the week, Lucas, and Jonathan Brown in particular was extremely critical about Carlton, who we'll talk about in a minute. But the Giants were pretty strong and their running was pretty good. Whitfield, you know, showing his class. I'm just favouring the Giants here. These two are reasonably evenly matched, particularly coming off Hawthorne's last performance. I, I tend to agree there, David. Um, the Giants, obviously, they've got some big, big guns back last week too. Um, the heavily underrated Harry Perryman, for me, came back in last weekend. So did Kieran Briggs, the Matt Hill's demon product, and so too did his uh, centre-half back, Phil Davis. So Davis is huge in, in terms of their structure and the way they like to play. Uh, play. Um, Perryman with the run and carry on the outside and Briggs obviously giving Mumford a rest there um, just with some older bodies there but they were very impressive last week Pinlakes and five goals David um, Toby Green kicked four including that uh, quite large torpedo after the siren there I, I enjoyed that just a little bit just quietly I thought, I thought you would have but no a good performance nonetheless um, against Carlton last week but Tony this week um, obviously they'll have to quell the influence of uh, Tom Mitchell who's been under some trade cloud uh, rumours the last few weeks, which I, I find quite interesting. Yes. Um, but I, I, I just think the Giants, just with some key players back, um, Davis will be best for, the, best for the run last week. This will be, what, Green's second game, uh, third game back, excuse me, after uh, after he was out with, some, with that shoulder injury. But I just think the Giants have just a few more big game players. Yes, they're playing a home game at the MCG, but nonetheless, I'll, just, I'll steal back the Giants in. Massive game across in Perth. In fact, there are two huge games this weekend, and this is the second of them. The West Coast Eagles hosting the, the Western Bulldogs. This game's got huge potential. Um, Eagles going along okay. Um, they want to keep on winning, and this will give them a really good test of where they're at um, on the large expanses of Optus Stadium against a very fleet-footed and uh, dynamic Western Bulldogs side. This is a tough game to pick for mine. I reckon this is a struck match. The betting line's quite clear just towards West Coast. But oh, the, every time I have faith in the West Coast, they let me down. I, I'm actually going to pick the Bulldogs. I, I just have my doubts about the West Coast against top quality opposition. Yeah, I'm slightly leaning that way as well, David. But I just, I'm just i more concerned with the West Coast injuries at the moment. Obviously, Elliot Yo is still working his way back through from that uh, injury that he, that's plagued him the last season or so. Um, McGovern's, to my knowledge, is still out. Tom Barath returned from injury a few weeks ago, and he got some other high-profile injuries as well, but so do the Western Bulldogs. Um, Talor's still out. Dunkley's still out. So they've still got some injuries there. Stephen Martin was managed last week. Do you think if, if the Western Bulldogs were to get over the line, you'd think Martin would have to come back in to try and quell the influences of Natanui has been first class this season, so I was slightly you'd think West Coast at home would be too strong, I'm slightly um, more concerned with the injuries they have at the moment I'm going to uh, lean the way the Western Bulldogs as well, David yep. um, That should be a cracking game, that's at 20 past 3 Australian Eastern Standard Time on Sunday and then the last game, the very much under fire Carlton, who were shown up to be poor last week and the, the quote was the, and this is a quote, some of their players are lazy um, host Adelaide at Docklands. Um, this is the ten past four game on. <coughs> excuse me, on Sunday afternoon. I'm actually going to pick Adelaide. I've got no faith in Carlton at the moment. Um, they've been under the pump this week, and they don't respond well to that sort of thing. And I actually think Adelaide will beat them. So do 
side, David, I think uh, Rory Laird and Ben Keyes, just to name a couple, of, have had career best seasons. Obviously, Keyes still fairly new to um, Australian rules football in terms of the top five in the AFL, but Rory Laird obviously has been there, there and there about the last few years. Fighting's trade in the back line probably up until this year and has moved into the midfield and done a, done a very, very good job uh, for Adelaide. We'll be right up there when it comes to the Brownlow uh, later in the season. But And Taylor Walker, too, uh, probably had a career uh, start, to, start to the year in that first month or two as well. But Carlton obviously be wanting to bounce back. Um, Sam Walsh has been impressive. Um, Paddy Cripps as well. Obviously, they're bigger players there. Um, you, you mentioned some of those comments earlier on, I think. I think Zach Williams was in the firing line when it came to that. Obviously, a big-name recruit um, up, up, up from the Giants, excuse me. But I think I think they'll be too strong. Adelaide, away from home, still playing in Melbourne. It'll be interesting to see if they go, also go in and out on the same day in terms of travel. But uh, agreeing with you once again, David, Adelaide, away from home, I just think they'll be too strong and too good for Carlton side. They'll be wanting to bounce back. Thank you, Lucas. Lucas, uh, we spoke last week about the the David Mackay case, and um, he was cleared. Um, there was a very uh, I watched a, a replay of a of a panel of experts hosted by the the brilliant Jared Waitley, and the they, the decision was actually announced live on air, and they were talking about the decision and and so forth. I know that Dunstall was happy, David King wasn't, and Jared Waitley, who is a very smart man, said this incident will trigger a change in the rules. Can I, you've got experiences both, you've got almost a unique experience as a player, a commentator and an umpire. Given the current rules as they are, did you think the decision, sorry to put you on the spot, but did you think the decision was the correct one under the rules of football in this instance? Well, that that was the way I was leaning. We spoke about it last week and I was, I was like you was interested interested to see the way it was going to go, but the way I was leaning, I was quite happy. There was no um, with with McKay's case, there was no uh, great movement in terms of him changing his line to butt rather than to go to the football. From and that's what I believe. I mean, he was going for the football. Both players going for the football. Yes, there was high contact and it was to the head, but not, but my my belief and my opinion was the whole time that. Both players were going for the football and there was no large movement from Mackay that triggered the high contact. So I was quite happy with the outcome. But, but as you said there, it's definitely going to be a trigger for the rules. I'm not sure if it'll be where other codes have gone, gone to some drastic mid-season changes. But it's definitely one that's going to be looked at by the uh, rules of the game committee and the umpires and things like that potentially being changed and that sort of thing going into season 2022. 100%. Um, be fascinated to see how that one evolves. I uh, concur with you. I, I think that Mackay did not perform an illegal act. I thought his intent was at the football, and it was a it was an incidental injury, not caused by any harm, carelessness, or recklessness. And in that, I believe the decision under the current rules of football was correct, and I I support the tribunal in what must have been a very difficult case. So fascinating to see there. Finally, the Brown Medal leaderboard. This is the predictor of ESPN. This is not the official. Um, Pole, of course, but they've got seven of the last eight, right? The top two guys, Bontempelli and Wines, picked up votes last week. Three votes, Ollie Wines, to get him to 18 and a half. Marcus Bontempelli's out in his own on 20 and a half. And Clayton Oliver in third on 18 votes. But the guy who's in fourth is a very interesting pick uh, by a lot of people, given that Essendon have been mid-range this year. 
Darcy Parrish is a lot of people's th- um, opinion that he may win a Brownlow medal. And there's been articles this week saying, you know, can Parrish win the medal? But yeah, Bontempelli wines, Oliver Parrish, then Mundy, uh, who's two and a half vote, votes behind Parrish. Uh, if they stay fit, you can see that Bontempelli and wines may, um, may actually go right down to the wire. Ollie Wines was massive last week. Um, it was game 250 for Robbie Gray, but it was Wines that stole the headlines. David, 43 disposals, six tackles, five clearances to go with two goals as well. So, um, no, sorry, not not the two goals there, but nonetheless, Wines, a massive day out. You, you remember with Wines too, a few years ago, uh, lost the captaincy at the Port Adelaide Football Club, and, and there was rumours there of him being possibly being traded and moved on, but he's definitely bounced back. Um, t- season 2020 and 2021 looks very good. Uh, Parrish, can he sustain it? Those, those two players you mentioned above him are quite experienced campaigners. Parrish has obviously had a very good year, two games that stand out to the Anzac Day win over Collingwood and that Indigenous game of uh, highlighting Sir, uh, Sir Doug Nichols round against Richmond a few weeks ago, but um, can, he, can he hold on? Can he be consistent to see the season out? I'm not sure. Um, the advantage for Parrish is that with Essendon's injuries, there aren't very many sort of sort of mid-game players that you'd normally see there. Um, Heckle's battled injury, Sheila out. We've spoken about him at length. Um, Andrew McGrath, rising star from a few years ago, out as well. But I just don't see maybe the, the sustained um, excellence of those two names you said above him in uh Wines and Montpellier. Agreed. Uh, Parish is your chance. Don't worry about it because um, there's not too many other blokes taking a huge amount of votes off him. The Melbourne plays that's happening to them. Lucas, uh, just finally before we go, I've got round 16 in front of me off the AFL website at the moment. All games are to be confirmed. The one game that I don't think in history, there's no chance this will be played where it's scheduled. Um, the Sydney Swans and West Coast are scheduled to play at the SCG next week. Um, I can see that being played as a part of a festival of football in Perth um, at this stage. The Giants will stay in Melbourne, and they've got Melbourne. Um, North Melbourne are away. There, there's a quite a few games in Victoria. Um, however, the Sydney West Coast game is the one I think everyone will be looking at. Um, grounds that are free for them to play that are uh, they can play at the Adelaide Oval. There's no game that day in Adelaide. They can also play at Optus. The Fremantle and Adelaide are due to play at home on Sunday which frees up some Saturday football at those two venues. So be very much a watch this space. We'll have a good chat about that next week once the fixture's confirmed. We will, David. And just before we go, I just want to bounce back to tonight's uh, blockbuster. Brisbane and Geelong as well. I've just been doing a bit of reading there. The sides were announced, the teams were announced last night. So I'll run through those quickly in terms of ins and outs. Yep. Uh, uh, Homeside Brisbane, uh, Dane Zorko returning from suspension. Um, Rich Matheson, Tom Berry, uh, being admitted, uh, Madison admitted whereas Barry was the medical sub last week and from Geelong, Geelong one of the, there's really uh, been a renaissance in Lockie Henderson down there at Geelong. Most people thought his career could have been over there at Carlton, being one of their better servants and uh, Henderson's been very impressive for them so far this year. Henderson back, obviously we spoke about Mitch Duncan out with that knee injury and no quick knuckle for them as well. So uh, Dane Zorko back for Brisbane. Uh, Lock, Lock, Lockie Henderson back for Geelong. So those are the two wins for tonight. And perhaps Joel Sell would have touched Lucky to be playing at all. But anyway, that's that's for another yep. day. Lucas, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with your broadcast on Saturday. Hopefully, uh, what I do hope is that every, football goes ahead. 
there are significant issues, particularly the Central Coast being right next door to Sydney. Um, Lucas and I will be monitoring all of those things, particularly with our colleagues at the AFL. But hopefully there's some football played this weekend um, in the Hunter Central Coast and all over the place. I'm not sure about Sydney. I'd like to think fully go ahead, but it's the least of anyone's worries at the moment. So we just wish you all the best and and good luck with your broadcast from um, the Adelaide Street Media Box. Indeed, David. Hopefully you get some football on because there's some great games coming up in AFL Sydney as well. But obviously health and safety has got to come first. But hopefully we can uh, get back to football if there is a delay, in fact, enforced. Indeed. Lucas, thank you so much for your time. Have a, have a good weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you next week, mate. Indeed, Dave. Looking forward to some great games of football, both locally and nationally, this weekend. Oh, yes, especially tonight's game. On behalf of Lucas Holmes, this is David Redden. It's been our pleasure bringing you our weekly podcast. We look forward to catching up with you next week. On, on behalf of Lucas, this is David. Bye for now. <laughs>